Welcome to Wrestling with God Show, the podcast where we grapple with big questions about faith, religion, and life. I'm Irish McMahon, and I'm here with our chief wrestler and all-around good guy, my friend and Irish Catholic priest, Father Len McMillan. Hey, Father Len. Hey, Irish. Nice seeing you again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess we, we're doing this on Zoom, which we have been for a long time. Nobody can see us, but we can see each other. I guess I think that's a good thing. That is a good thing. So this morning you sent me a text uh, pretty early, Father Len, which isn't something you usually do. And I sensed a little urgency. So I called you right away. And I found out you wanted to see if we could do what I guess I might characterize, I might be overstating this a little bit, as a special emergency episode of our podcast. So rather than me explaining that, Father Len, tell listeners what prompted you to uh, to want to talk to me this morning and why you want to do this episode. Yesterday, I had a call from a friend who was just stressed out because of the election, and she just wanted my opinion, and then somebody else this morning. So then I kind of thought, you know, maybe we could do a quick podcast on post-traumatic election syndrome. <laughs> so obviously the election must not have been going the way these people hoped it went. I'm well, guessing. I don't think it went the way anybody thought it would. I like I'm two different parties. Two people are both stressed out. Okay. Um, so, I mean, and they have their problems. They, they feel like they're kicked in the stomach. And so they're asking me what my opinion is. So I'm going to share it with you, Irish. All right. Well, then, good. <laughs> Bring it on. Both sides feel like there's a certain amount of unjust government. And I said, well, did you ever think, you know, if that's how you feel, like you got cheated or something like that, imagine what it's like. Let's use a little empathy of what it would be like to live in a uh, nation where there is no justice. So I'll give you an example. Years ago, I was in Columbia, and I was so naive. I mean, I'm such an American. I'm so naive. And we're sitting there, and I, I don't know, we're having some treat. I don't know. Sitting there in the sidewalk place, and there's a car accident. And this was amazing to watch. So we're watching, you know, small, nothing big car accident. So right things. in front of you, you're sitting out on the street at the restaurant? Yeah. Okay. And you see the guy who caused the accident pull out his wallet and pay off the police oh, right the in police, front of you. And the police gives a ticket to the other guy who didn't <laughs> do the bribe. And I was shocked. Like I didn't, I was so naive. I was absolutely shocked. And this Colombian woman who was talking to us and said, no, that's the way things work in Colombia. So in Colombia, <laughs> So the cop pulls up to some kind of a, a, a problem and figures out who's going to pay him off. And that, then he decides to charge the other person. Is that how it works well, down there? I don't, it wasn't that obvious. It was more that the guy, you know, one guy quickly pulled out his wallet and paid the officer off and he gave the ticket to the other guy. And I was absolutely shocked. Like, <laughs> wow. And she said, no, that's how things work down here. And I mean, I just felt so naive. And I remember thinking to myself, I will never give up my American passport. That is so <laughs> not the world I live with. And then it got me thinking, holy cow. But if you think back upon human history, the idea of a just legal system, most people in human history didn't live with that kind of sense of justice that I grew up with. 
of rules and regulations. And we're thinking about even like Nelson Mandela or Bishop Tutu, who lived in an oppressive, corrupt government. And yet here's the thing that amazing. You look at him, they had joy and determination. He's in prison for years, unjustly, Nelson Mandela, and he comes out joyful and determined. My only point being is that if you feel upset in the sense of powerlessness, now you know how many people in third world corrupt countries live, and yet they can be joyful, but not blind to the corruption. There's no excuse that, yes, if you're upset about politics, you can be both joyful and not blind at the same time. We just have to conquer our anger so as to live kind of with free and joy and yet determine that long-term we'll live in a just society. So for anybody who's upset, I always say, you know, give yourself one day to be angry or upset and then decide not to bring that tension into your home or your office or your community. Because I guarantee you, you know, the first person you have to conquer is always yourself, not some outside group. Because I, like I joked about this, when I'm angry, I always make the wrong decision. And I'm like, I don't know if there's not all the blood flow to my head, but I always think I'm the right decision. And then after my anger cools off, I was like, oh my God, I did not do that. Anger, um, is, anger is blinding. It totally it, is blinding. So getting angry over politics is not helping us. And I am responsible for the emotional temperature that I bring into an office or the church or my community. Jesus literally asks us to be responsible for our emotions without excuse. So you know, he says, you know, if you have lust in your heart, and that was shocking. People at the time thought, no, I'm only committing a sin if I have adulterous sex, not if I'm in my heart already lusting and setting the groundwork for the actions. Or at the time period, people thought, no, as long as I didn't kill you, then I haven't committed a sin. But maybe the sin is walking around with the anger that allows me to be intransigent and unforgiving and thinking that I'm always right. Anger clouds our heart and our mind. So Jesus asks us to take control at the very root of all these things. What's going on in our own hearts, whether it's lust or anger or greed, not just some outside thing. of Well, technically, I didn't kill anybody, but maybe your anger can so cloud your point of view that it causes you to be intransigent. So people can think, but I'm right. I know politically I'm right. It doesn't matter. If you're angry, why should your family have to live with that? Why should I have to live with that? You're also, you're also saying that if you're angry, that's not the time to figure out how you want to respond to it because you're not going to make the right decision. You're not going to respond in the right way. You're going to respond with anger and you're probably going to create anger around you and anger with the people. Maybe you want to persuade to do something else or your your plan is going to be based on anger rather than solving a problem. You might be even yeah, into yeah. revenge. And like I, I joke about this because I was so true. Once I showed up to work when I was a priest at St. Mark's, and I was, I'm an early morning person. So I'd get there five minutes after the bookkeeper did 
because she would always make the coffee and I wanted to make sure that just as the coffee maker is dripping, I'm, I'm stepping in there. So yeah, I showed her and something happened and I was just in a bad mood and I loved her. She was so funny. And so I'm getting my coffee and she's getting her coffee and she says, well, how are you doing this morning? I said, I have to admit, I'm in a bad mood. I'm angry. And then she said to me, go home. <laughs> <laughs> So and, so practical, such great advice, really. You no, know, it was. And she says, go home because you're just going to make everybody else miserable. And I thought, wise advice. I need to go home, calm down before I, everybody else gets to the office. So you're, I'll just make everybody's so, so, life miserable. So your advice is maybe go lock yourself in your room until the anger dissipates and then you can come out and maybe figure out what to do and where to go? Yeah, my advice is this, not, not until you calm down. Give yourself, like I always give myself like one day or one hour, and after that, no more. Just I like more. it. And then, then you can focus on what's at hand and what you must be doing. And the problem is like when you feel like you have the truth and certainty, the truth is it takes time to discover the truth. You can't learn history by watching the second hand on a clock it takes time to discover the truth. So especially when it comes to politics, you don't know what's going on. And I remember this interview with Pat Buchanan about he was a, a consultant for the Nixon administration. And I, the particulars I don't remember, but the interviewer said, well, why didn't you guys complain? Because Kennedy stole some state. And he laughed and he says, well, yeah, we didn't want to complain about that because we are using dirty tricks in another state. <laughs> He said, you know, usually there's dirty politics on both sides. And that doesn't mean that uh, it's illegal. That, that doesn't justify it. It doesn't justify it. And it may not rise to the crime of illegal. Right. But only in time do you discover really where people let the guards down, where the dirty politics were. So people think that they know the truth by watching the second hand. They're wrong. You know, it, just calm down. And history is not logical. It's really not. In the in the sense, the best thing that ever happened was Rome falling. It helped spread Christianity. The Black Plague, it actually strengthened and purified religion. Most of our most profound mystics of love come during the Black Plague. Or, you know, you study history and you find out, well, even like the rise of Rome, there's not really any logical reason Rome rised. In fact, when Rome was defeated by the Gauls, that's when they became united and better. You don't know how anything's going to turn out. And so turn your anger to determination. Like what we need is people with steel and determination. But being an angry-based activist only causes more problems. Look at the true activists in the world. Dorothy Day, Martin Luther King. They were resolved. You know, they had determination of steel, but not anger. They based it on prayer and peace with steely determination. It's like all the uh, protests, which in many cases have turned into riots in our country, end up turning people away from whatever they're protesting or whatever. I mean, it just, it, it uh, and that's part of this extension of anger, I think. I don't, you're, it's a great demonstration that anger never accomplishes anything. No, so you're going to ruin everything. And the other thing is that we need to remember, especially us, 
we need to remember some eternal truths that put all of our reality into focus. With some eternal truths, you avoid putting all your hopes in politics. So we have to remember Christ the King. Like in two weeks, we're going to celebrate our real King is Christ, not a political group, not a political faction, not any nation. That's what we're really supposed to be loyal to. So I think it's true faith and real love that will really help us to be a bipartisan, united country, not anger. So like my tips would be this one. I mean, this sounds strange. Breathe. Like I know that sounds really strange, but seriously, breathe and breathe through your nose. Like breathing has had this ability to calm people down. So yeah, breathe and then pray. There's this great prayer on the UCCB website, the Bishop's website about a prayer after the election that I thought was really good. And that we fast from anger and superiority and all that. It's a great, great prayer. So yeah, I'll put, I'll put a link to that in the show notes so oh, people great. can find it. It's, it's really good. I, I thought I was kind of surprised. Another thing <laughs> you were surprised I, that the bishops came up with a good prayer. I Maybe we better edit that, that part out of the podcast here, Father Lynn. <laughs> I was trying to slip that one in. Thanks. Thanks for calling me out. <laughs> oh. But the third thing is, I know this sounds like the timeline distant thing. Like I, I do this. Imagine 10 years from now, is this really, was it that big of a deal? So put a time limit on yourself thinking, you know, with time, things, perspective change. Not everything is that much of an emergency. So even with time, limit how much doom scrolling you're doing. Doom scrolling is always checking the news for the latest thing. Stop that. It only causes anxiety. You don't you know, limit your constant checking on the news. You call that what? Doom scrolling? Yeah, that's what somebody else called it. I was like, I, I like, like that. that. We're always yeah. looking like, that what's the bad news I need to get upset with now? <laughs> well, most of what, what's in the news is uh, set up to create the doom in you, you know? Yeah. And then focus on like some upcoming joyful event. So like something's got to be happening in your Irish, in your life. That's going to be like, okay, a year from now we're having a family reunion or, you know, what? just focus something on good. some, yeah, something good. And like, I'm going to propose this to my staff and this is crazy, uh, but I'm all into projects. Like for a time period, we'll have this project or the happiness project or the welcome project. And now I'm calling it the St. Jolly project. St. <laughs> Jolly. Is there a St. Jolly? Uh, no, there's not. <laughs> well, Jolly maybe, maybe you will be St. Jolly. Father no, man. no, I have a friend. Her, her name is Jolly. And I met her in college and she was just, she is just a lot of fun. Like she is just a lot of fun. And so my joke about Jolly is she makes the fun funner. Like it doesn't matter what you're doing. You could go out for a cup of coffee or be shopping and somehow she just brings joy to everything. So and, I, I derailed your St. Jolly uh, project. You were starting oh. to, you were starting to explain what that is. So uh, finish your story and also don't forget to finish your St. Jolly project. Oh. So this is just a jolly story where her daughter thought that for one month she would take a picture of her mother first thing in the morning with like the worst picture you get of her hair or having a cup of coffee in her pajamas. And her daughter 
posted one picture per day on Facebook, you know, a lot of women would get upset, like, oh, my God, you took the worst picture. And Jolly, Jolly even makes waking up in the morning kind of a funny event. <laughs> oh, so because, she wasn't offended at all. No, I mean, she thought it was kind of funny. Like, well, if you want to look at, you know, somebody with frizzy hair in the morning, you go right. Like, she has no problem. Nothing upsets her. My wife would likely kill me if I did that. I mean, uh, she might be in jail now. She has got to control her anger. I am sorry. She's out of control. She is out of control. I might she be jolly. I might be exaggerating a little bit. I'm going to have to tell her about uh, your friend, Ms. Jolly. So I actually think most women would be. But... Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the worst thing in the world. Oh, no. Jolly wants to make the world a funner place. She just brings that. She just can create, kind of make a fun time out of anything. And during this time period, like, Our teachers, they are stressed and at the breaking point. The staff morale is stressed. And among... This is all because of uh, the way they have to teach now because of the pandemic. Yeah. COVID, politics, you know, it's all. And worse, because of the social distancing, there is this low-grade depression among many of our elderly people. So getting angry does not help the situation. Why not go the other way and be a St. Jolly project of, you know, let's somehow be able to laugh even though everything's falling apart. So how are you going to execute that? Maybe that would be a good thing for us to all adopt in our lives. What are the pieces of the St. Jolly project? Well, there you go. (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) It's just an idea right now. It's a concept. I like it. Maybe we can have some listeners uh, write in and give us some ideas for executing the St. Jolly project. I think whatever the willpower wants to do, it will accomplish. So, you know, how to bring some jolliness, how to, you know, rather than decrease morale, why not pick it up? And if you're upset about the elections, why make everybody else's life miserable? Control your own emotions. So, yeah, one, if you can truly listen to Christ and say you're responsible for the emotions in your heart, then why don't we have the right emotions? Why don't I like we, it. You know, little things that – and I actually think it's the little things in life that really matter. For sure. Okay, you know, you listen to one song and suddenly you're in a good mood. Yep. So – I don't know, fighting the post-traumatic election, anger, anxiety in this time period. Take control of yourself. Control your own emotions. Through prayer and willpower, make the world a better place. And have some empathy. People have been living in far worse conditions and yet remain incredibly joyful. We can do the same thing. For sure. Well, Father Lynn, thanks. Thanks for reminding us that anger and fear are not the answer to post-traumatic election syndrome or really the answer to any loss or disappointment in our lives. I'm glad I returned your text this morning and we found time to do this. I think it's a good thing. Well, thank you. Thank you, Irish. I'm glad you're awake that early in the morning. (laughs) I'm a morning person. I don't uh, don't have – I fix my own coffee, Father Len. I'm fairly humble. So I don't have to wait for somebody, you know, to fix my coffee for me and determine what time I get going. So I, I like to think I'm just more clever. Oh, yeah. I did, yeah. <laughs> I will yeah. wait that five minutes and then sneak in when the coffee is made. 
Yeah, you're you're much better at delegating probably than I am too. So anyway, thanks for listening to this episode of the Wrestling with God show. We always appreciate your questions and comments. And uh, if you have some ideas for the St. Jolly project for us, how to actually execute Father Len's idea, that would probably be a good thing. It's real easy to get in touch with us. Uh, you just head over to our website. It's www.gshow.com. That's www.gshow.com. And you click on, there's a questions button there. You can click on that and you'll see a bunch of ways to get in touch with us. We also encourage you to uh, share our podcast with your friends if you like what you're hearing and subscribe, rate, and review the Wrestling With God show at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It actually helps people discover us. Uh, It also means you won't miss an episode, especially if Father Len has one of these wild ideas where we publish one kind of out of sequence or, you know, out of a day we don't usually publish. You'll know that we've done it. So we hope you'll join us next time as we continue our journey, climbing the mountain of life, searching for truth, meaning, and purpose in our lives, and and hopefully, hopefully tamping down the anger in our lives. Thanks for listening. See you next time.